This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Well, hey, church, it's so good to see you guys. Honestly, I'm so grateful that we are back here in the Bella Rose. Is anyone excited that we're having church this week? Oh, you know, I tell you, I think someone in Moncton found out what we were doing here and they started praying back. So I'm just saying maybe we should take it easy on them for a little while, you know, because we don't need any more of that. But I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that you're here. And hey, if you're newer visiting, especially, we are so thankful that you're here. We know that coming to church can be intimidating. So we just wanted to say welcome. Hopefully you've had an encounter with someone in our church. Someone has welcomed you already and said hey and given you a good smile and made you feel welcome. And, and we just love that you're here. But, you know, I want to just say this before we go any further, that that's not by accident. We actually don't believe that you're here by accident. We believe that God is pursuing you and that God loves you and God wants to speak to you and God wants to change your life. And so it's not by accident whether you found us on social media or whether someone invited you to church. We believe it's by the will of God that you're here. And I actually believe that goes for everyone in this church. If you've been coming to church for a while, maybe you're part of our church and you're a regular attender. Church, we have the opportunity today to hear from God to encounter God, to come together as one community and gather around the name of Jesus. And that's a big deal. And so I hope, I hope that you don't, you're not like, oh man, it's just church. No, no, no. There is no small Sundays. There is no small time when we get together as the saints and as the church because God can change us in an instant. Amen? All right, turn with me in your Bible to the book of 1 Timothy and chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm preaching this morning. If you're wondering if I'm Pastor Mike, I'm not Pastor Mike, and so don't worry. He'll be back. It's going to be good. Um, but uh, while well, I'm going to be preaching this morning, and we're in the middle of a series, <laughs> sort of, uh, called I Work Out. And we wanted to kick off this year uh, talking about I Work Out, because let's be honest, right, there's something about the new year that makes people think, I'm going to the gym, right? Like, I'm going to get in shape this year. This is my year. I'm going to look trim. I'm going to look fit. But, you know, sometimes when it comes to our spiritual life, uh, we're not as vigilant. But the truth is that we actually, God made us not only physical but spiritual as well. And so there is a spiritual part of us that we are responsible for working out and taking care of. And last week, Pastor Mike was talking about stretching. Don't forget to stretch. If you missed that, go listen to it on the podcast. It was a great message. And this week, I want to title this message, if you're taking notes, Get Built. Get Built. So let's read together 1 Timothy uh, and chapter 4. It's going to come up on the screen. We're going to read it together. It says this, Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Now, godless ideas and old wives' tales, that could, that could be anything. Maybe in our society today, in our culture, it's, it's just YOLO. You know, you only live once, so make it count. Or maybe it's like, you know, you do you, right? Maybe that's actually like the godless idea that we, we don't want to be following. And Paul is saying, don't, don't follow that kind of stuff. Don't even argue about that kind of stuff. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Look at that there. Training for godliness or spiritual training, training your spirit to become more like God, is much better than physical training, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. 
Would you pray with me this morning, church, as we unpack this idea and as we get into the word this morning? Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is living and active. We thank you that it is powerful. God, we thank you that when we come into this place, you encounter us and you meet with us. Lord, we thank you that no one is here by accident, but it is by your purpose that they're here. So, Father, I pray that as we get into this, that my words would fall to the floor, but that your words would take root in people's hearts and that it would flourish and that it would bring life forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, I just, I'm wondering, I have a question for you guys. Have you ever met someone who was so muscular that it was distracting? You know what I'm talking about? Like you're, you're like trying to keep eye contact with someone, but it's like being in a restaurant with a TV. You're like, and like you can't help but not look at the vein bulging in. You're like, why is that vein moving, right? And it's because it's their heartbeat and they're just so ripped. Or you're just like, I didn't even know that that could be a muscle there. You know what I'm talking about? And they always, they always seem to be wearing the smallest tank top humanly possible, right? You're like, dude, it's January. And they're like, yeah, what's wrong with that? And you're like, and have you ever noticed that like a lot of the time when people are that built, they have the lowest voice ever? You know what I really want to do? I want to meet someone who's just shredded, who just walks in and is like, hey, everybody, how's it going? And you're like, Mickey, is that you? <laughs> like, but it, when I was in college, I knew someone like this, and we're going to call him Rex because there's potential that he might listen to this at some point. And uh, so Rex, if, if you're out there, you know who you are. But uh, Rex was one of those guys, right? He was just shredded, like just so cut. Clearly, he was like, I go to church, I go to college, and then I go to the gym, right? I don't even eat. I don't even sleep. I just live at the gym. That's what I do. And he was one of those guys like, hey, man, how's it going? It, at everything from America, uh, like just genuinely shredded guy. And um, in college, because we wanted to like remember where we came from, a lot of the Americans would get together and play football. And us Canadians, we tagged along, you know? We were just happy for the extra down. And so we would go and we would be hanging out with them. And I know it's so much easier with four, right? But so we would be like hanging out, and unfortunately, Rex was on the other team, right? And I don't know, hands up anyone who's ever played touch football, but before too long, it becomes rough touch, and before too long, it just becomes full-on bloodbath, you know what I'm talking about? And this was one of those situations. And we had this guy on our team, his name was Justin, and, and he was pretty, you know, he was a pretty buff guy, but nothing like Rex. Like, Rex was like a mountain on a mountain. He had muscles on muscles, right? And, and he just looked like... He was just so shredded. And so when he's running at you full tilt, you're like, Anna. And you just like, you take it. You take the touchdown. And they're like, just get your hands on him. You're like, ah, no, I like my hands. I don't want them to break, right? But we had this guy, Justin, and, and, and he was pretty built. And so he ended up, him and Rex sort of developed this weird sort of tension during the game. And one time, uh, you know, I just decided to play quarterback because that's the position you don't get hurt. And so I took the snap, and I, like, just shuffled past it to him, and he grabs the ball, and Justin is running, and Rex just comes out of nowhere, and I kid you not, no two-hand touch, no rough touch, full-on wraps the guy and brings him to the ground, and we're like, oh, he's dead, Justin's dead, you know, but Justin is just like, you know, he just gets up, throws me the ball, I'm like, you're a beast, man, but so well, the game is raging on, and, and you know, you know there's certain people who, who they don't forget, right, so Rex gets the ball, and Rex is coming down the field, and all of a sudden, Justin, he doesn't even put a shoulder down. He doesn't put his hands up. He just steps out in front of Rex, and Rex goes down. 
like a light. And you're like, oh my gosh, and he drops the ball, and Justin runs it back, and we get a touchdown, and Rex, I, let me tell you, was slow to get up. The most muscly guy was taken down by someone who was at least four inches shorter than him and less muscular than him. Now, as it turns out, Justin is what you might call a United States Marine. And so he's not shredded because he just wants to look good. See, here's the thing, right? There's certain people like Rex who they just wanted to look good, right? They got those big old muscles. They walk in, they're like, hey, everybody, how's it going? You like my tank top? It's pretty awesome, right? And then you got Justin, who's just quietly going about his business. Fit as a fiddle, super healthy. But the reason that he was so in shape was because he had a job to do that required that he was in shape. He had a job to do that required that he was tough and that he had grit because his life was literally on the line. And of course, by the time that the game was over, uh, there's also a group of guys that just, you know, sort of quietly end up congregating on the sidelines. You know what I'm talking about? It's the guys who have sort of, I don't want to say let themselves go, but uh, read in between the lines, you know? And they're standing there and they can't even finish the game because they're like, oh my gosh, why does it hurt to breathe, right? And now I'm that guy. But, you know, the reality is that there were three kind of people on that field. There was someone who was, who was shredded for the look. There was someone who was shredded to be healthy and because they had a job to do. And then there were the people that just were playing out of shape. And when it comes to our spiritual life, we can actually fall into those same categories. We can be the guys who, who, who are just, or girls, who are just shredded spiritually, Right? Like you're in worship and you got the pained worship look on your face. Your hand goes up at a 45 degree angle, you know. You walk in, your Bible is nice and worn. You're like, look, it's highlighted, right? You got it all going. You know, you're the kind of person that like maybe, maybe you walk in and you're like, I, I'm going to pray for 10 people in the lobby this morning. Good morning, brother. How you doing? Be blessed in Jesus' name. And people are like, so anointed, Right? And then there's also the people that are just, to be honest with you, and this is no judgment, just a little bit out of shape. Or maybe spiritually you're in your small group and the leader's like, hey, um, who wants to pray tonight? And you're like, oh, God, no, no, no. Lord, Lord, please get me out of this. Uh, do not let them look at me. I swear I will find my Bible. I will do it. <laughs> but there's a third option, and that is the person who is spiritually fit to be healthy and because we got a job to do. You know, church, that we actually need to take care of ourselves spiritually. Maybe wherever you are this morning, whether you're, you're kind of out of shape or you're just sort of shredded, but maybe you're not really alive spiritually, you're just kind of going through the motions, or maybe you're like right in the middle. Wherever you are this morning, God actually wants you to be spiritually healthy because it has a critical impact on your life. God didn't just make us to be physical beings, he also made us to be spiritual beings. And there are certain things that we do spiritually that need to come out physically in our lives. We can't disconnect the two. For example, worship. You're in a moment of worship and you feel God doing something in your heart. What, what ends up happening? Your, your hands go up. It's a physical expression of something happening in your spirit. Same thing with baptism. It's a physical expression of something that God is doing deep within you. We can't separate the spiritual and the physical. They actually flow in and out of one another. And therefore, it means that if we're going to have the kind of goals where we're like, 2020 is my year, man. I'm finding that treadmill somewhere in my basement. 
if we're going to be those kind of people, then we also maybe need to go, hey, how am I doing spiritually? Like, am I, am I all muscle but no substance? Or, or am I getting maybe a little bit doughy around the, the hips when it comes to my spirit? Am I maybe cruising on what God did yesterday instead of looking for what he's doing today in my life? That's part of the reason why I actually love this verse. You know, sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking things are just physical. We start living for the next car that we're going to get. We start living for the house that we can't afford or we want to afford. We start living for our next vacation or the next entertainment that we're going to get. And we start following the pattern of the world. But what I love about this verse, if we could just get it up one more time there, Jeremy, is that Paul is talking to, to his protege, a young pastor in Ephesus named Timothy. And he's saying, Timothy, hey, don't, don't fall into that pattern of the world. Now, physical training is good and all, but training for godliness, training your spirit is much better. He's actually saying the physical is not nearly as important as the spiritual, Timothy. We need to be taking care of our spirit first and then worrying about the physical. So this morning, church, I want to ask the question, how are you doing spiritually? What does your spiritual health look like? Well, to understand, we need to kind of understand what spiritual health would look like, right? You're like, what am I judging against here? First of all, we need to be spiritually fit because we need to have an active and healthy relationship with Jesus. See, the whole point of spiritual fitness, the whole point of being spiritually prepared and spiritually strong and godly is not so that we're just checking off some rules. It's actually so that we're encountering Jesus and growing closer in our relationship with him. Look at this in John 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in them, or those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, that's one of those convicting verses, right? Where you're like, Jesus, are you saying that that apart from you I can do nothing? And he's like, yes. That's literally exactly what I'm saying. We need to be abiding in Jesus. We need to actually be spending time with him. When we're spiritually healthy, when we're attached to Jesus, we see him not as just an optional addition, but the very source of our life itself. Paul the Apostle is talking about what happens when we become spiritually healthy, and we call it the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus is talking about how we will bear fruit. We will produce fruit if we remain in him. And the Apostle Paul kind of puts some names to this, and, and we call these the fruit of the Spirit if you've been around church long enough. If not, don't even worry about it. Listen to this. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, who looks at that list and is like, oh, I don't want any of that? I want to be bitter and cynical, you know. I want people to not want to be around me. That's really what I'm looking for. No, I think that when we look at that verse, when we look at those those gifts, the fruit that Jesus is talking about coming out of our life, we're like, yeah, I want that. I want to be a joyful person. I want to be a gentle person. I don't want to be a person who's flying off the handle all the time. And so this is kind of a litmus test for how we're doing abiding in Jesus. All we need to do is look back at last week. How much of it was characterized by joy? or peace, or forbearance, or kindness, or goodness. You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying you are or you aren't like that. You may be like, no, I'm doing great. In which case, amen. Keep it going. But if you're like, oh, you know what? I, yeah, losing my temper, that's kind of a thing. Um, going off the handle, that's sort of a thing as well. And you know what? 
I'm just, I'm not really feeling love for people. I'm not really feeling patient. I'm not really feeling forbearance. I'm not feeling goodness, but I want it. It starts by being spiritually healthy. And then it comes out of our life. These fruits of the spirit are not something that we try for. I'm just gonna try to be loving this week. I'm just gonna try not to react when someone cuts me off in traffic. No, no, it's what comes out of our life as a result of who we're abiding in. And if we're abiding in Jesus, those things will come out of our life. The other reason that we want to build ourselves spiritually is to be like my friend Justin from college, ready to do the work that's put before us. There's this parable in uh, the book of Matthew where Jesus is talking about a master who entrusts his servants with money to invest. It says this in Matthew 25, verse 14 to 15. It says again, if that comes up, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them. While he was gone, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion, and this is, this is the key right here, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip in proportion to their abilities. Church, I believe that God wants to use Nova Church. In fact, I believe that you individually, God wants to use you to reach the people around you, to reach the city, to reach the lost. I believe that God wants to bring more people into this service and into this church to encounter him for the first time than we can even fathom. But the question is, do we have the ability? And when we get ourselves prepared spiritually, what we're actually saying is, God, I take this seriously. I want to be ready for whatever it is that you put in my hand. God, I don't want to panic. I don't want to be like the one servant who's like, uh, I'm just going to bury it. No, I want to be like the servant that you come back and I go, look what I've done. Here, I've multiplied what you gave me. And God says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want. Do we want to be the kind of church that wants to see more and more people coming to know Jesus? Do we want to see more salvations this year than we did last year? Do we want to see more people getting baptized? It's okay if you respond to this kind of thing. That's fine. You can sit there in silence too. That's totally good. But church, do we want to be the kind of church who is ready to do what God is calling us to do in this city? I don't believe that Halifax is going to just go down. I believe that God is rescuing it, that he's calling it out. We moved here from Ontario because we felt that the Spirit of God was doing something something in this city, and we get to be a part of it. Come on. That's good news. But are we spiritually fit? So my challenge this morning is that if we want to be ready to go in 2020, if we want to get spiritually healthy, if we want to be abiding in Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit is coming out of our life, if we want to be ready to do the mission of moving forward the kingdom in this city that God has given us to do, we got to work out. We got to get built. We got to get ready. And God will bless our preparedness. And I believe we're going to see great things. We need to work out. Hmm. Now, we work out our spirit. How how are we going to work out your spirit? (laughs) Right? I mean, how do you work out your muscles? You get something heavy, you pick it up, you put it down, right? You work it out. You work out the muscle. Do you know that we actually have spiritual disciplines that we can use as exercises? In the tradition of the church, they're called spiritual disciplines, and we're going to go through just a quick list of those right now. And the whole idea is that we can get closer to Jesus ourselves. We can become more like Jesus, and we can help bring others to Jesus. But it's going to take us working out. So real practically, with the few minutes that I have left, I want to give you a workout guide for your spirit. 
a workout guide to get built. So if you're taking notes this morning, here's my first point. And by the way, we, it's good to be a note-taking church. You actually retain 10% more information when you take notes, even if you never look at them again. So if you're like, man, I can't remember what anyone preached last week, maybe start taking notes and it'll click. And frankly, I got a long list here, so if you want to go through these notes, this could be really helpful for you, I believe. First of all is this, first point, know your exercises. Know your exercises. Anyone who's ever been out of shape and tried to go to the gym at the beginning of the new year knows exactly how disorienting this can be, right? I mean, imagine the time when you didn't have the internet to look up exercises, right? And so you just had to go to the gym and you're kind of looking around like, what are you doing? Is that how we do it? Yeah, okay. You know? Or you had to get a video, right? And you put it in your VHS and you, ooh, here we go. All right. It's good. It's good. All right. You know? These days, we can just look it up on the internet. But do you know that we actually have the best resource when it comes to spiritual exercise and spiritual discipline? We actually have the Bible. And we have a church tradition. And we have leadership that can actually help instruct us on how to work ourselves out. It's disorienting to go to the gym and not really know what you're working out. In fact, it's kind of useless. If you go and you're just like, I don't know, I kind of do a couple of bicep curls and then I kind of do a couple of squats and then I'm tired, so I go home, right? We don't want to do that spiritually. We want to be ready to do what it is that God is calling us to. We need to be ready to work out. So we need to know our exercises. It helps to be able to work our spiritual muscles and get ready to be built. The first one is prayer. You know, if this were to be an exercise, you could kind of think of it as cardio. And the reason is because it's central to the life of a believer to have a life of prayer. Jesus, when he was on this earth, would routinely go away to lonely places to pray. Sorry, let me say that again. The Son of God, who is God himself, would disappear to pray so that he was ready. So if we're not getting ready with prayer, why are we doing that to ourselves? If the Son of God needed prayer to be ready, who do we think we are that we don't? You know, sometimes we're facing situations in life where we're like, oh man, this is brutal. But our prayer life is not active. Sometimes we're going through things, and I'm not saying that God is like in any way cursing anyone. Don't hear that from me this morning. But what I am saying is sometimes we just need to get closer to the heart of God to have strength and to have courage and to have peace to face what it is that life throws at us. We need to actually get close to the heart of God and spend time in prayer to actually gain the heart of God and understand what it is that God is speaking to us and what he wants to do in and through us. We both draw close to God and get strengthened. Even when Jesus was about to go to the cross, he spent the entire night in prayer, getting ready for what was coming. Church, we got a job to do. We need to be getting ready for what's coming. The Apostle Paul encourages us to pray without ceasing, just sort of have an open dialogue with God. And you know, sometimes I think we make prayer like way too complicated. We're like, well, I don't have 45 minutes, so I'll just watch Netflix. <laughs> but it doesn't need to be that. It can literally be just driving down the street. And you see someone's house that you know, and you're like, God, please just reach that person. It can literally be when you're walking in work, you're like, God, I don't want to be here today. I pray that you would just give me joy, that you would just give me strength right now, that you would just help me love my job in Jesus' name. And we're like, whoa, that's silly to pray for. No, it's not. If it's close to your heart, it's close to God's heart. 
And when we have an active prayer life, when we start to flex that muscle, when we start to work it out, we actually are staying attached to the vine like Jesus tells us to. We're abiding in Jesus. We're staying attached to the heart of God, and it is growing our spiritual health. The second exercise is Bible reading, studying scripture, spending time in the word. Uh, This would be like a core exercise, right? You know how everyone's like, it's important to work out your core because it's central to your health. Well, reading the Bible is central to your spiritual health. We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, meaning that God inspired the authors who wrote it to speak to us here and now today. In fact, the Apostle Paul says that all scripture is useful, that it is good for us. And if we're not spending time in this, we're actually wasting our greatest resource. Church, we live in an unbelievable time where we have so much information available to us. But let's not let the word of God get lost in the midst of it. Because this is the only one that God said he inspired This is the only one that can actually change lives. This is the only one that actually reveals Jesus. And when we go to Scripture, can I just tell you, that's the whole point of it. We're not just going to Scripture to just buff up our muscles and be like, yeah, I got it highlighted. You see that? We're not just going to Scripture to be like, yeah, I read 12 chapters a day. Yeah, I read it in 30 days this year. (laughs) And I read it twice every other year. And you're like, no, no, no. The whole point is not just that you're checking off a box. It's so that you're encountering God. And when we get into the word, when we actually look into it, we start to grow that muscle. We start to discipline ourselves to go, I need to get to the word of God. Jesus was so dependent on the word of God that in Matthew verse, uh, chapter 4, when he goes out to the desert to be tempted by the enemy after getting baptized, he's fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and then the enemy comes to him and starts to try to tempt him away from his mission and calling. And do you know what Jesus responds with? Scripture. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, doesn't say, man, I know better than that. Make it away from me. He doesn't say, well, no, I don't think that, that you're, you're quoting the Bible right, Satan. No, no, I don't need bread. He doesn't say any of that. He just says, no, no, no. Uh, the Word says that man will not live on bread alone, but every word that departs from the mouth of the Father. He responds with scripture. Jesus, who who has the right to be like, no, I know better, responds with scripture. What does that say about what we need to embrace in our lives, what we need to internalize, what we need to start putting into our heart? You know, it says in the Bible that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're wondering what's coming out of your mouth, maybe when you're frustrated at your kids, maybe when you're frustrated at your spouse, maybe when a coworker is kind of talking bad about you and things are coming out of your mouth, you're like, where did that come from? It came from your heart. But when we get the word into our heart, then the truth of God is coming out of us. It actually means that we can encounter any challenge and circumstance and there's something that this Bible has to say about it. But we need to store it away in our hearts. When we allow it to sink into it, we're filling our heart with the truth of God. And that pierces through the lies. If we don't know it, we're more likely to believe the lies that culture has to tell us. We're more likely to be deceived. Even Jesus quoted scripture. The third one is serving. Now, this is kind of be like an arm workout. You know what I mean? Because you're using your arms, you get it? All right, that's fine. <laughs> But this is where we're serving other people ahead of our own need. You know, there's this common picture of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, right? Now, you need to understand, for a rabbi to do that, that would have been a scandal. That would have been shameful. 
That wouldn't happen. But Jesus was like, no, I'm going to serve you above all of that. Another way to understand it would be in Matthew verse five, or chapter 5, Jesus is, is talking to a large crowd. He's preaching this thing called the Sermon on the Mount. And it says this in verse 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. The context of this is that if a Roman soldier were to approach you and say, hey, carry my pack a mile, by law, you were required to carry it for a mile. But what Jesus is saying is, <laughs> oh yeah, carry it too. You're like, excuse me? This is, this is the Romans, Jesus. This is the enemy. And you're telling me to carry it too? You're telling me to serve my enemy by doing more than what the law requires? He's like, yeah. I can talk about a couple other things. Turn the other cheek, you know. If he wants your shirt, give him your coat as well. Serve. Serve other people even when it hurts, even when it feels like it's inconveniencing you. This is a muscle that we need to be growing. And maybe this looks like you join a team here at church. Maybe you've been coming for a while and you're like, man, I'm not really feeling fulfilled or I'm not, you know, I'm just looking for something more. Can I encourage you? Get onto a team and start serving. Start working out that muscle. Maybe it means that when we do Nova Serves, you go out into the community and you serve that way. Maybe it means you've got a neighbor that is just unpleasant, but you've got to find a way to love them and carry their pack for an extra mile. By the way, that's where that expression comes from, go the extra mile from Jesus. So we need to be serving. And then we start moving into some other, you know, those would be, I would say, the three big essential workouts that we need to be doing, even at a base level as Christians. But has anyone ever seen that meme that says, don't forget leg day, don't skip leg day? You know what I'm talking about? Where it's a guy who looks like Rex and he's like, hey, what's up? But then down below, it's like little tiny chicken legs. You know what I'm talking about? Anyone? Hands up, show of hands. I would call this one the leg workout, and it's a great spiritual discipline which, which we really need to embrace, which is community. Community is the leg workout of our spirit, and here's why. I think the majority of people would be nodding along with Bible and prayer and serving if we have to. But when it comes to, to this, I mean, this can get messy. Of all the spiritual disciplines, there's a really good chance that if you stick around long enough, someone's going to offend you. Someone's going to say something that you don't really like. But have you ever done squats? They're not pleasant. They actually burn. And sometimes you've got to fight for community. Sometimes you actually need to go, you know what? I'm going to get past my pride, and I'm going to put you first. I'm going to serve you. I'm actually going to submit to this house and this community. We need to be the kind of people who don't forsake coming together. Now, I know snow got in the way there for a little bit. But the reality is that we need to be people who are dedicated to meeting together as community. We need to be people who are, who are coming together to lift each other up and build each other up. Another one would be worship. We need to be people of worship. And that doesn't just mean on Sundays. But what it does mean is that when we come into this place, if we don't feel like worshiping, we're not actually responding to our feelings. We're responding to God for who he is and what he's done. It's a spiritual discipline. It's not just an act. It's not just Christian karaoke. It's actually strengthening us on the inside. A couple other ones here. Generosity. We need to be people of generosity. We need to be people who give and who serve others. Maybe that means making a meal for someone. Maybe that means that you're actually just giving a little bit extra off your paycheck to help someone out, maybe a neighbor, maybe someone in this community. But we're people of generosity. 
who are disciplining ourselves not to be selfish. Well, here's another one, confession. How's that? Anyone feel like confessing this morning? Now, that's one of those things that in the Protestant tradition, we've kind of left behind as a spiritual discipline. But we actually need to be people who are coming together in community and together to say, hey, I'm actually struggling. I'm actually going through something. I actually need help. Would you pray for me? We don't confess to just air out our dirty laundry. We confess so that we can ask for prayer and we can move on. We confess so that we're not doing it alone. And then the last one, and there's a lot more spiritual disciplines, but I'll, I'll just touch on this one, is silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. We live in a world that is saturated with noise. Saturated with noise. And Jesus would retire to lonely places to pray so that he was prepared for what God was calling him to do. Where is your lonely place? Where's your quiet place? Where's a place that you can just turn off your phone, turn off your phone, where you can just put it away in a different room? You don't put on worship music. You don't even necessarily pray, but you just say, God, I want your presence. Come and speak to me. And you just sit in the presence of God. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but it's an important spiritual discipline. All right, so those are all my sub points for knowing your exercises. Those are some exercises, very practically, that you could start putting into practice today. My second point is this, have a routine. Set your priorities. The reality is, whatever we sow, we reap. So if we're sowing Netflix, we're gonna, we're gonna reap Netflix, right? If we're gonna sow spending time on Instagram, we're gonna reap Instagram. So what I'm saying here is that we need to actually be people who are prioritizing our spiritual disciplines in our life. It means we're going, you know what? I'm not just going to, when I have time, pray. I'm not just going to have, when I have time, reading my Bible. I'm actually going to pull up my calendar. I'm going to set my schedule, and I'm going to make it happen. Kyle, you can come out, and Mateo, if you're there as well, you guys can come out. Would you welcome them to the stage as they come this morning? It's kind of heavy. <laughs> The other thing that we need to be doing is we need to be jump-starting our routine. We need to have a guide. You know, we're handing out at the back today this, this little booklet that says, Speak, We're Listening. And what that is, it's a 14-day guide to devotionals. There's 14 devotionals in there, and there's also a scripture reading for the day. Maybe you're like, man, I don't even know where to get started. Well, it is okay for you to use a guide. There's no shame in that. It's okay for you to get on a devotional plan. Because it's actually something where if you just don't have the experience, it can help you. And the other thing is we need to understand, we need to start where we're at. We need to start where we're at, church. You can start if you want, ma'am. So check it out. Kyle here is going to do an exercise. And I want you to imagine what this would be like in terms of spiritual muscle. All right? Imagine that this is, I read my Bible once a year. I spend time daily in prayer. I come together in community. I spend time in worship. Now look at how strong those muscles are. <laughs> right? Now, Mateo, when you look at those muscles, do you think, I want big muscles like that someday? Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> but here's the temptation that we do, church. We find a pastor or, or someone on Instagram who's a Christian, who's a blogger, or we find someone in the church that we're like, man, I'm inspired by you. But here's the problem is that we go, so I'm going to do what you do. 
You read the Bible once a year, I'm going to read the Bible once a year as well. You spend 45 minutes in prayer every day, I'm going to do that. But, but here's what happens. All right, man, do what he did. Come on, get ripped. Come on, man. Will yourself through. Ah. And then we go, I can't do it. I'm a failure. So I'm not going to try. I tried devotionals. I tried reading. I tried the Bible plan. But you know what? I just, I fell off. Do you know that you're actually not called to run someone else's race? You're not actually called to necessarily lift what someone else can lift. You're actually called to just do your own thing. Because God has grace for your race at your pace. And when you go and you go, oh man, this is shame coming off because I can't lift this. This is shame coming off because I can't read my Bible three times a year and do a 30-day shred. This is shame coming off because when I try to pray, I just fall asleep. That's okay. So does our lead pastor, apparently. It's all good. It says the, the peace of God surpasses all understanding, but Pastor Mike understood it. All right. Sorry, Pastor Mike. It was something Pastor Nancy said. See, check this out. Now, what's he doing? That's up above your head. Come on, do another one. Do another one. Yeah. But here's something I want you to notice. Who is still helping? Kyle's still helping. My third and final point is you need a workout buddy. Church, we live in a culture that says that you can do it alone. But it is wrong. You cannot do it alone. Life is hard. Life will beat you up. Life will spit you out. But the beauty of the community of God is we don't need to do it alone. It means that we can actually come together and we can say, look, I, I can't lift that weight, but I can lift this. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to work up to that. But even along the way, I, I might need help. Church, you need a workout buddy. You need someone who's willing to get in the trenches with you, who's willing to pray with you while you're trying to get out of addiction, who's willing to pray with you while you're trying to get past things in your life, while you're trying to go to the next level. Someone who can say, no, you can do another one. Come on, man, do another chapter. Someone who's saying, come on, man, get into prayer. Did you miss it today? That's all right. We're going to get it tomorrow. You need someone who can encourage you and build you up and help you carry the weight of what we're getting prepared for. Give them a hand as they head off. Boop. So worship team, you guys can come back out. And here's what I want to do. I just want to close with this. And we're, we're a little over time. I apologize for that. If you got to pick up your kids or anything like that, I'm not stressed if you run out. But here's the thing. You may have noticed there's a significant size difference between Kyle and Mateo. No? No noticed? <laughs> okay. There's a significant size difference there. And the reason is because Mateo is still a child. And maybe at the beginning of this message when I said, hey, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at when it comes to your spiritual fitness with God? Maybe some of you, you're like, man, I, I, back in the day I was really fit, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I'm like, you're getting a little bit soft. Or maybe you're like, man, I'm all muscle. Uh, my Bible's highlighted, but I don't think I've read any of it, right? Or maybe you're in this place this morning and you're like, man, I have no context for God whatsoever. I'm not even a Christian. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly? Jesus has on offer 
a life with him that can change you forever. He has on offer a life with him that is abundant, that is exceeding in quality where you can actually start to exercise. Maybe you're in this place and you're like, I'm at the lowest low. It's been an uphill battle for me forever and I'm here because I need answers. Jesus is the answer. Or maybe you're in this place and you're like, I'm mostly doing fine. Actually, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not even in debt. But there's something missing. Jesus is what's missing. You need to come alive spiritually because God made you that way. God didn't make you just physically. He also made you as a spiritual being. And this morning, you have the chance to come alive. And it may feel like you're just like a little child, but we're here for you. And the Spirit of God is here for you. So with everyone just bowing their head and closing their eyes, just for the sake of privacy, no one looking around, if you're in this place and you want to accept Jesus for the first time, you want to start that spiritual journey You want to hand over ownership of your life to him. You're like, I'm tired of doing it my way. I know something's missing. And Jesus, I believe it's you. If you want to place your faith in him this morning, could you just slip up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it? No one looking around. Yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, you can put it right down. I see those hands. I see that hand. Anyone else this morning, you want to come know Jesus? You want to start that spiritual life with him. You want to start being spiritually healthy. Anyone else this morning? Church, would you pray this with me? Everybody praying this all together. And worship team, if you could be praying too. We're just going to ask Jesus to move in people's lives. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So we're going to pray this together. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me. I thank you that I can have life in you. And I ask that you would bring me to life. I confess that you are Lord and I want you to be in charge. Father God, take my life, take everything that I am and make something new out of it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we give it up for these people who put up their hand? Come on, that's amazing. Hey, if you put up your hand, I just want you to know something. We've all done it in this room or something like it. We all started our journey somewhere. And so I'm, that's amazing. We're so pumped for you. And uh, there is outside, when you go to the Welcome to Church uh, table out there, there's actually a card that you can fill out on the Connect card. You can say, I made a decision for Jesus. The reason that we would love for you to fill that out is so that we can actually follow up with you. So that if you have questions, if you want to know what to do next, we can actually follow up with you and we can help you start that journey of faith and get off to a good start. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here. Uh, We're going to go out with a fast one. So... Uh, Why don't you stand to your feet and we're going to celebrate as we go. Good to see you, church. We'll see you guys later.